This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. That's right, baby. We are back. Thank you so much for all your lovely messages over the festive period. Some really loving ones from Tony on Twitter. When are you lazy bastards coming back to work? Well, what are you, son? We're back for episode 263 of the multi-award winning Fight Disciples podcast. This one dedicated towards the world of boxing. And there's been quite a lot to talk about since we last spoke to you. Hope you've had a wonderful time. Uh, over the last couple of weeks, but we're back now. Let's stop messing about and get stuck straight into it. But in fact, before we get stuck straight into it, talking yep. about fight sports and uh, December the 22nd, those two epic nights, oh, one in uh, London, one in Manchester, and all this stuff that's coming up in 2019. Let's talk Christmas, man, because people that listen to this show uh, have gone on record uh, and said, I'm not listening to you two lads on the radio because you don't swear. Uh, so <laughs> I want a proper blue version of your uh, New Year's. Uh, we did a radio show together on uh, on Saturday evening on national radio, and it was a very PC version of uh, of your New Year's Eve uh, and uh, and Christmas uh, escapades, Nicholas. Yep. Um, people that do follow you on social media will know full well um, that uh, you had a little bit of an accident regarding a present that you bought yourself for Christmas. On this show, we were talking about your brand spanking new 65 inches, weren't oh, we? Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Your big 65-incher. Oh. <laughs> what happened to it? Don't remind me about me, baby. Um, ah, fuck's sake. So I'm going to blame the wife here. Only because she doesn't listen to the show. She doesn't like me. Um, but we, she insisted we take the Christmas decorations down on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Fuck's sake. It's supposed to be at least 12 days before and 12 days after. Wow. That's what I was always told. Mine went down on Saturday, man, the 5th. She started stripping New Year's. Did well, she? <laughs> yeah, if only. Winner. That was New Year's Eve. <laughs> new Year's hey, Day. She had the new tackle exactly, on. Yeah, Red yeah. panty party <laughs> yeah. was on, baby. <laughs> the baubles, the tinsel, the lights, the lock came. Where, ripped, where did she have them? Ripped. <laughs> <laughs> there's, a, there's a Christmas that I missed that, that one. No, no. <laughs> uh, it all started getting ripped down New Year's morning. Uh, New Year's Day morning. Literally, we've got one of these fucking big Christmas tree things that's in three pieces. I know, before you go there, I'm a, I'm a purist. That's got to be real for me. Don't get me wrong. But I don't wear the trousers. So I was take, she was like, take the tree down, take the tree down, take the tree. Fuck's sake, you know, I've done half a bottle of whiskey the night before watching Jules That morning. That yeah, morning no, yeah. for me breakfast. So I'm taking the tree down. So I'm taking the tree down here. <clears throat> Wife's packing away baubles, whatever it may be. The baby's sitting on the sofa, thankfully, playing with some dolls or whatever. And the little fella's found himself a dressing gown cord and he's using it as like a makeshift rope. So he's tying it round certain toys that he got for Christmas. Tidy. Dragging it round the living room as yeah, they do. Yeah. You know, just trying to break shit. Yeah. So literally, my our backs are turned on him for two minutes. And you know what? He's four. You know, it's not like we don't be fucking mother him, but we were in the same room. Turned back for two minutes. Meanwhile, he ties basically decides to tie the leg of the 65 inch TV up with the fucking draw cord yes 
and literally within us, he just was wham. He's tug of war, and just tug of war. It's straight off, smash, poof, screen everywhere, and uh, in that moment, hmm. how hard did you hit him? Well, he just, he just, he immediately burst into tears. Luckily, he wasn't under the fucking telly. Yeah. So he immediately burst into tears because he can see, like, because obviously me missus flip, like, she's like, Wah! and uh, so I just picked him straight up. I didn't know what to do. Just picked him straight up, walked him, and I think I initially picked him up to go and put him on the naughty step, but then through sheer heartbreak <laughs> of the broken telly, I love that telly. I walked right past the naughty step and went and sat in the living room and we just sobbed on each other, I think, for a little bit. It was heartbreaking, yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, five weeks it lived. Mm. Five weeks old. And you're one of them, being a tight bastard that you are. Um, no, we don't do extra insurance for the telly, do we? <laughs> no, nothing's going to happen to it, mate. Don't need none of that. You've just told me it's bomb-proof. Yeah, fuck's sake. Oh, well, back to the portable. That's it, mate. Back to watching the iPad. I wouldn't mind. I decorated mm. the room specifically to fit a 65-inch TV. Mm. So now we've got an iPad floating in this big hole. <laughs> it is what it is. You live and learn. You know what I've done since then? Yeah. I've read two books. Have you? Yeah, because I, I, I refuse to sit in a different living room. We have another sitting room as well with their posh, with a telly in. Yeah. I refuse to sit in there. I sit with, a, with staring at the gaping hole. But I've also got my boxing books in there, so I've actually read a couple of books, so I'm quite in there. When I, when I saw you on Saturday, you came, you came, <laughs> he comes up to me on Saturday and he goes, have you been listening to many podcasts then over Christmas? <laughs> no. <laughs> Why would I fucking do that? <laughs> oh, I've listened to tons, mate. I've been onto this, I've been onto that, I've done lots of research, I've got my new headphones for Christmas and all yep. this type of stuff. You've, you've listened to it, you've basically completed iTunes, haven't you? <laughs> completed it. Yeah, Snap, smashed and, it. Yeah, but you've been blagging to me that it's because you wanted to obviously look for new ideas and new innovative ideas for this show, so that which we can maybe rob and stick in here and all that type of stuff and maybe develop. Bullshit, it's because you lost your telly. <laughs> you've nothing to do, have you? That's what it is. Sitting with my new headphones on, yeah. Mm. Moping. What's this about your New Year's resolution as well? <clears throat> oh, right. Okay. Wow. Okay. Let, bef- let me tell you the story before you judge because <clears throat> I'm not one for resolutions. You haven't got any resolutions no. at all? No. Right now, yeah. lose all that cheese that I put on. Yeah, basically. Well, that, that, well, that's a standard one, isn't it? That's where I'm Every, on. It. Everyone has that. Yeah, yeah. Everyone has the, you know, let's lose shave, a bit of weight. Shave a stone off, yeah. yeah that's it. Right. Okay. So. Let me just finish what I'm going to say because, listen, as you know, I can sing really well. Probably, you know. (laughs) Your sister can, you can't. I've been compared. People have said I'm the songbird of this generation. That's not not me saying that. That's other people saying that. I'm like the king of karaoke. But anyway, I'm at this stage in my life now where X Factor's out. You know, I've said to years I could this, win X Factor. This is going to be amazing. I said, <laughs> this is going to be amazing. I've said to my family for about a decade, yeah, I could win X Factor. I could piss X Factor. <laughs> not only could I win X Factor, and this is the truth, not only could I win X Factor, I could win it in multiple genres. So if I wanted to go on there... <laughs> Multi-weight. If I wanted to go on X Factor and win it just as a rock rock and roll star, I could. Or I could probably rap my way to the winning it. Or I can do country. What the fuck is coming out of your mouth? Honestly, you know that people will listen to this. The songbird of our generation. Go on. So anyway, I've thought I'm, I'm going to take a different direction with my true passion, which is obviously spreading the word of uh, of the Lord. So I before Christmas, I contacted... Now, don't laugh. I'm, 
I'm because not laughing. I'm taking you seriously. Passion. I'm taking you seriously. I, co- I contacted Liverpool Gospel Choir. Because <laughs> <laughs> I want to sing. See, I knew you'd react like this. This is why This is why I didn't want to fucking... This is why I didn't mention it before Christmas. <sighs> Go on, I'm ready for you. You're t- gospel music's incredible. But who doesn't want to be in a gospel choir? This dates back to about 10 years ago. Yeah, I went to Memphis about 10 years ago. And... I went to um, like a, a proper gospel church. Can you there. Take me famous off, I'm sweating. A proper, a proper famous gospel church, and the pastor there is the pastor. The only pastor you know, mate, is that shit that you put down with your carbonara. That's the only pastor you know. <laughs> the pastor, mm. the, the gospel church I went to in Memphis is none other than Al Green, the Al Green, right? Yeah, and. Uh, it was an incredible experience, and I was like, "Wow, that's you know, I would love to sing." You were, that, you were touched, sing that kind. Were you of music, touched by the Lord? Sing that kind of music, and uh, we've been having to go to church recently because we're trying to get the Alex kids into a fucking no, with the christen, but we're trying to get him into a Catholic school. So you've got to play the game, you know. It's of course like, you have, yeah, it's, it's yeah, fucking, that's right. You know, they come round and shaking the money thing at you, going stick a few quid in there, son. Otherwise, you're not getting in anywhere. So we're playing playing that game, and that's kind of got me back into thinking about. Um, religious music and whatever. I've got to think about gospel choir. So I, can't, I reached out to Liverpool Gospel Choir before Christmas and said, "Listen, I'm you know, I'm bang up for it. Um, I'm mega. How does it work? I win X Factor. <laughs> I win X Factor. How does it work? And um, they turned me down for an audition. You've got to audition for it. You've got to, you've got to audition for it. Yeah, and they've turned me down for an audition, which really I don't know why. Maybe there's not enough bass in my voice. So hang on a minute. Your resolution was. To join to do what? A, to gospel to join a gospel choir. A gospel choir. A gospel choir, yeah, yeah. I just obviously I just Google search Liverpool. Yeah, the main boys. You, you yeah, Google yeah. the one that turns up on Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, well they, they, they sing at the cathedral, they they do all they do big stuff, you know, they're on the one show and shit. I thought well, if I'm gonna do it, I wanna fucking do it properly. Right. So I'm a bit pissed off about that to be honest. So now I'm thinking about starting my own gospel choir. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody can help him out. Because I know there's a lot of fight yeah, disciples. Man. See what you've done there? Well, the this disciples, is exactly. the, the religious thing. Thank you. Yeah. If anybody can help him out and get him in... Uh, in or if it. any disciples are gifted with a, with a no. beautiful voice like me, <laughs> um, they could join the gospel disciples. We're going to start a gospel choir. A new podcast. It's like a caveat to the fight disciples <laughs> show. We're going to have the gospel show. Right. You're laughing now. <laughs> You'll want to join. Do you want to talk about fighting? Yeah, man, let's go. <laughs> Um, I want to start with tension. That's who I want to start with. Oh, poor tension. Listen, I've had a. I've I think had, he's still whinging somewhere. Yeah, he's still crying. I had a. I had a good old, good old time from the twenty second through to New Year's. I had a good old drink, good old eat, and I thought to myself, I've not watched any fighting whatsoever uh, for about uh, seven to ten days. Go on, I'll, I'll have a little bit of a laugh at this. Mm-hmm. Floyd's messing about, taking his time, coming to the ring, having a piss about in the hotel lobby and what have you. But it'd be worth it though, because I ho- I was hoping, praying that young tension were going to go rogue. That's yeah. what I was. That's where I was at. I was thinking, come on, lad, forget the rules. Blag that there's a lang- language barrier or something Low like kick, that. Flying knee. That's it. Yeah, you know man. what I mean. You'll Elbow. go viral. Yeah, you'll get fined, but you'll make a shitload on sponsorships. Exactly. Just go in there with big knee. See what happens. Honestly, what a shower of shit that was. To be fair to tension, he couldn't get anywhere. He couldn't get close enough to Floyd to fucking throw a big knee. Mm. It was embarrassing. I thought. I always thought exhibitions. It's like, it was like a... Like Thunderlips and Rocky. When Thunderlips fought Rocky, and it's like, you know, Rocky was tension, 
going, hey, come on, let's put on a good show for the fans here. And Mayweather's Thunderlips going, you're getting fucked up now. <laughs> <laughs> and he literally just opened the can of whoop-ass. Mm. It, it was like, it was like Tension was Floyd's son. And he just like s- robbed the Maserati without telling them and smashed it, wrapped it around the lamppost. Yeah. And he just webbed them everywhere. It was it was embarrassing of the highest. Great business, great businessman, Floyd, isn't he? How how long best how, promoter on the planet? How has he managed to flog that? Right? Yeah. yeah. All right. I'll come over and and fight a kid that's never had a, a boxing fight. Yeah, he's a kickboxer. He can do bits, but we're going to take all that away from him. I just want him to have him in a boxing fight. I'm going to wear two stone heavier than him. Yeah. <laughs> I'll turn up when the fuck I want, and you're going to pay me nine million, and it's only going to last a minute. Yeah. Yes, Mr. Mayweather, come over. Have a good time. Yeah. That was me, Mr. Miyagi. I was say, was that, was that Mr. Miyagi? I think it? it was, something okay. like that. But that is unbelievable sales technique, that, isn't it? Get him on The Apprentice, the kid. Do you know what? It's the Japanese problem. Listen, Floyd didn't ring them and go, I've got this idea. They fucking categorically <laughs> rang Floyd. I'm going to kick the shit out of that guy. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> they categorically contacted Floyd and went, we're crazy Japanese, it's New Year's Eve, we do mad shit. You're retired now, do you want $9 million for basically nothing? And they've, Produce tension. They've obviously thought tension can do a Conor McGregor. He can use Floyd's name. Yes, he'll probably get beat, but he'll do well enough in the build-up to be an even bigger star, and he'll do half decent in the fight, and then he'll come out of it as a as a global superstar and one that everyone's talking about. But instead, it can, it blew up in the face because Floyd treated it like a fucking absolute joke. Rocked mm. up when he wanted, smashed them to bits with absolute ease. Like absolute ease, and um, and then tension bursts into tears and becomes a bit of a laughing stock on a global scale. So prior to the fight, we were saying it's a win-win for tension. Kid can't lose here. Actually, yeah, he can. Mm. He can by the manner of defeat. Like mm. he literally had a glass jaw. Um, other stuff. Just to recap, in case so Connor's called him out <laughs> last night. Connor called out tension. Tension. Yeah, he <laughs> wants to go to Japan and fight tension in an MMA fight, though. He said, the kid's an MMA fighter. Let's fight MMA. I'll go to Japan. Someone paying me $9 million and I'll fight him an MMA fight. Watch this space. Just a recap, just in case you've missed any fight sports over the Christmas period, because I know that you've been busy getting uh, getting on it. Josh Warrington cemented uh, his, uh, his status as British Fighter of the Year with a wonderful performance against Carl Frampton. Dillian White delivered an unbelievable knockout against uh, Derek Chisora. Uh, and Jamel Charlo, he's a whiny little baby uh, because he, uh, he ended up getting beat off Tony Harrison. Many people will argue with me that he didn't deserve to get beat, but rules are rules. Rules yeah. are rules. He got beat. He lost his title and threw his toes all out the pram. Um, you know, take care of business, Sunshine. You're supposed to knock these kids out, are you? He didn't knock the kid out. I think he took him a little bit lightly and he ended up getting his backside slapped. Absolutely. And spoils our 2019 because I was looking forward towards uh, Jarrett Heard and Jamel Charlo. That's what I was looking forward to. That's well off the table. Uh, Jarrett Heard sat there going, fucking sound, lads. Wicked. Get me over to England. I'll go and fight that Kelbrook for a few quid now. Yeah, I'll go and cash in the Kelbrook, uh, the Kelbrook money. So it's uh, it was a surprise. I've got to be honest. I'm watching the fight and I'm waiting for Charlo to, to start, to go up a gear. Yeah. And he just never did. And especially after the kid. Come through twelve in the prior to it as well. We were fucking going. Oh, it's a competition. Who can perform the best knockout? This is what the Charlos do, and then both of them give us uh, decisions, one their way and one against them. So, mm. um, it's one of them. I think it's it was a disastrous end to the year for the Charlo boys, but I still believe they're the future of boxing. I still believe they'll bounce back in style uh, in twenty nineteen. And uh, you know, I don't know whether it's been pulled yet, but I'm pretty sure Ch- Jamel will get a rematch with Tony Harrison next. Um, that'll be the next fight. 
And uh, every super welter on the planet though, is after Tony Harrison now. Well, of course, it? yeah, exactly. I'll fight you, see. Exactly. I'll, I'll, I'll have a little. He's PBC, isn't he? Mm. So you know, Eddie's not going to get him. Brooks not going to get him. Um, the Charlo boys will probably go straight back in again. Mm. We'll probably have to pay for it on ITV fucking box office. <laughs> <laughs> we'll come on to that later. <laughs> um, April thirteenth, right? Wembley Stadium is booked. Who's going to be fighting? No one. They're going to put the darts on instead. Yeah. Listen, if you bought... Have, have, have tickets gone on sale for it? No, I don't think so. I was going to say, because no. if you've got one of them for Christmas present, go and uh, get it refunded. Well, because I, I, I guarantee ain't... there's people who have booked travel and hotels. It's not happening. People are going to think, what are you talking about, lads? It's booked. Yeah. AJ's fighting April 13th. No, he's not. No chance. It ain't happening. Um, what's this is what I'm led to believe is currently going on at this moment in time. You know that AJ is booked for April 13th. That's not happening. AJ is going to go and fight Jarrell Miller in New York. That's what's going to happen. Yep. So therefore, you're going to need another headline. The original plan for the headline was Kel Brook Amir Khan. Mm-hmm. That ain't happening because yep. Amir Khan's fucked off to New York to go and fight Terence Crawford. So the the next one down the list is Callum Smith. Mm-hmm. Can we find a reputable opponent for Callum Smith? Canelo, mm, Triple G. Well, they're booked for supposed to be booked for Cinco de Mayo weekend in uh, in Las Vegas. They're trying to get it. Um, that's why you're hearing quite a lot about Andre Wood at this moment in time. I don't think any of them are going to come off for Callum Smith next. I think um, forget about Andre Wood. There's no way he comes out of retirement to fight Callum Smith in the UK. It's just that's just not happening. I think Canelo is a, a possibility only because. The reason Canelo Triple G hasn't been confirmed is because Triple G hasn't. He's, he's had a new baby. They haven't signed a contract with anyone. But there's mm. contract. Ta- there's a contract on the table from the Zone. Mm. There's a, one on the table from PBC, mm-hmm. uh, and there's one on the table from ESPN. Mm-hmm. So he's got options now. If he signs with the Zone, then we're getting the Canelo rematch, as you say, sink of the mail. If he doesn't sign with the Zone, goes in a different direction. Well, then um, that would potentially free up Canelo and the Callum Smith thing might actually happen. And I think the reason Callum Smith happens is just because Canelo looks so good against Rocky Field and that I think he's kind of like, yeah, fuck it then. If, if if Triple G's not happening, I'll clean shop at 12 stone and then and then look around because... But will he do Wembley? That's my point. Will I, he do I, Wembley April 13th? Will Canelo come to Wembley? I think so, yeah. I think that's the only way you get him here, is, get him, is by generating that kind of bums on seats. Mm. Generating that kind of money, because obviously... I think the gig's getting cancelled, mate. I don't think that we're we're doing anything at Wembley Listen, on April thirteenth. They're doing Matchroom are doing a show in in Liverpool in uh, Callum will in be on March. That. Um, there's a I think the press conference is a week today, next Monday, and um, they'll have to announce something by then. And I think the only person really, I think they've already said Fowler versus Fitzgerald's yeah. going to be on it. But is that the headline? Um, that can't be the headline. No, well, it can't be because it's only an eliminator. It's not even a title fight. I think they're going to get um, your boy on it. Which one? Cruiserweight. Oh, the prospect of the year. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Glover. Glover's going to be on a thinker. Well, he was talking about Vadi Camacho, but I think Vadi Camacho yeah, has distanced give, himself. Give me the headline. What's the headline? They'll probably get pricey on there. As you say, but none of these. Bellew's retired. Can't yeah, do that. Of course. Rocky, is Rocky coming back to fight straight away? He's still fucking in Miami. Exactly. The son on his back. He's just had the biggest payday of his career. He's he going to be back in the next six months. Callum, Callum's shouldn't. the only viable choice. Yeah. But do you really just give him a tick over? Well, you can't really, you can't unless, that, you, can unless you? you do something like bring David Price in against the Carlos Takam or something like that. Still not a headline, is it? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, you're, you're right. You know, Callum is the standout guy. But I think that the reason the delay, as I say, is it's all on Triple G. If Canelo hasn't got an option with Triple G, I don't think Canelo 
defence against the likes of Danny Jacobs, I think Canelo's mm. more likely to uh, to think, you know what, I've never, you know, I've never fought in the UK. Um, big fan base over there, and I think with a decent undercard, and that might even include Brook versus Jarrett Heard as co-main. I think Wembley's, you know, they'll do well. Mm. Where does all this leave Dillian White? Because Dillian White has yeah. had a fantastic 2018. Right? Brilliant, great. You now we were talking to him on Saturday night, and he, and even Dillian's like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm trying to make shit happen, but. What the fuck? I think, more, I think we we as fans, fight disciples, we're more probably more frustrated for Dillian White than Dillian White is himself. I think he's kind of come to terms with the fact. Mm. Look, I'm the fucking, I'm the ugly uncle. Nobody wants me. Nobody well, wants off, to get me involved. Off the back of that chat that him and AJ had in London, right? Hmm? I'm on both. I thought of that their was sides. the. I thought that was your whole yeah, point. But I'm on both of their sides, right? Because AJ gets up there and AJ speaks a lot of sense at that particular point. Because let's be straight, as we want AJ Wilder. Yeah? Yeah. That's what we want. That's number one. Yes. If while if while if that fight does not happen, I don't want AJ to fuck off and go and fight Jerome Miller. I'm not interested in it. No. I couldn't give a shit. I get why they're doing it to go to America to maybe set something up for the back <clears> end of the year because Tyson Fury's made a massive splash in the States and maybe AJ wants a piece of that pie. I get it. But Dillian White, what more has he got to do to get that shot? And we were saying to him on Saturday night, weren't we? You ain't going to get a voluntary, mate. No. Nobody's coming along and going, go on, Dill, get in there and have a bit of a knock. He can't even get a fucking mandatory when he's the WBC number one contender. Mm. So he's uh, never going to get a voluntary. Well, he's, the, he's the WBO number one now. So at some point, you would think over the next 12 months, he's going to get called for one of those shots, isn't he? A WBC shot or a WBO shot. Yeah. Well, and that's the only way. But what does he do in the meantime then? He can't come back on a step. He's just fought the WBO former world champion, Joseph Parker, and beaten him. He's just knocked out Derek Chisora again. Who does he go and fight now? Mm. Who does he fight? Because he's going to want to stay active. You know what he's like. Yeah. And he's probably going to need two fights before he gets his world title shot. So who does he fight in that meantime? Yeah. Because well, 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 it's all risky business now. You're looking down the roster at the likes of Brazil and shit like that, aren't you? Brazil's probably... You know, but, it, but what does that gain for Dillian White? Brazil's already been spanked by AJ. Yeah. What what the fans there got right? He d- the only one is Luis Ortiz, maybe. Yeah. But that's risky as fuck. Why do you take that? Yeah. When you sat at the top of the tree waiting for that shot. Or Pavekin, but again, it's risky. Yeah. Yeah, but risky. AJ's already just knocked out Pavekin. But so there's no gain for him. No. There isn't a gain. Ortiz, there is a. I can see the slight gain in it. But everything else, I'm like, he's already he's already pre- he's already got to the top of the tree. He's waiting now. Yeah. What do you do? Sit and wait? Do you call out Usyk? Try and make a bit of a statement? Do you fuck call out Usyk? <laughs> what are you doing, man? <laughs> I'll take Usyk on his debut. No, you yeah. won't. Stop it. Stay away. <laughs> yeah, fuck's sake. It's, uh, he's going to have to wait a, for a manager to get a shot. But he's in a twat of a position, Dillian. Yeah, he's in a horrible uh, position. I feel, I feel so sorry for him because all he's doing is beating everyone they put in front of him. And it's not like his fights are shit as well. You know, he's he's in entertaining fights. Like he was fucking holding on like Grimbeck. He is when people come. Joe Parker. He is when people come to fight him. Robert Elenius, for example, that was yeah. dog shit. When no, someone's no, but, on the back foot running away, yeah, it's horrible. But, exactly, yeah. But that wasn't his fault. No, absolutely not. In, when in every proper fight, him, fight he's been in, yeah. Lucas Brown, explosive finish. Joseph Parker, great fight, great fight. You know, fucking holding on at the end, showed yeah. he's got the balls. Um, then and then last the, time against the Chisora, you know, yeah, yeah. without the, the points taken off, I, Chisora's winning that fight. Yeah, he is. And that's what that's what champions do. They pull it out when they, when they need to. And he pulled it out. That left hook was a fucking belter. One of the best punches of the year. So the problem is, listen, massive Dillian White fan. I think he's fucking great. We were speaking to him Saturday. Kid deserves it. But I don't want to see it. I want to see AJ fight fucking Wilder or yeah. Fury. And yeah. I want to see Wilder fight Fury or AJ. And I want to see Fury fight Wilder or AJ. Uh, Wilder or AJ's. I only want to see those three in fights. Yeah. Now, if that means that we're definitely going to get 
Fury versus Wilder next, then yes, okay, let's get Dillian White versus AJ. Exactly. That's the only way. But if there's a chance AJ fights one of those other two, more than likely Wilder first, then sorry, Dill, you're going to have to just fucking sit on the sidelines, which he won't do. He'll take another fight. Yeah. Maybe maybe then he fights Big Baby, fights, fights Jurel Miller. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, which is a big fight. Announces him to the US audience. Maybe that's the only other option, but the problem is if they announce Wilder versus Fury and then Hearn goes, well, well, we know, I was just going to say fucking... And says we're gonna do what we're gonna do white next, they're not they're gonna do Jarrell Miller in New York. Mm. So but then but then is that because AJ listen the, the, this is the thing. AJ's not a shit house. <laughs> People having to go with AJ going, ah, it's nothing you, to do with him. It's, it's fuck all to do with AJ. This is the problem. AJ is the talent, but around him is more managers and bureaucrats than fucking anything else yeah, because right. he's he's the golden ticket. So he's surrounded by them and they're all trying to look after themselves and look after their own bottom line. And what it's doing is it's kind of, it's starting to taint AJ's legacy a little bit. Even though he's done fuck all wrong. He's doing fuck all wrong, but he's being advised that this is the best thing for AJ L Limited, yeah. not for AJ the champion. Yeah. And at some point, Anthony Joshua's just got to literally well, to. fucking throw the everybody is, out the boardroom yeah, yeah. and go get the fuck out. I'm fighting him. Don't care what it takes. Let me go and do it. Right. Lennox Lewis has been vocal about that, hasn't yeah, he? Yeah, man, he's been class. Lennox Lewis has come out and said, listen, you're the champ. At you one hold... point, you've got to go fuck off. This you, you hold all the cards. Now, people have come back to Lennox and said, well, you didn't fight Bo. That wasn't Lennox's fault. Bo threw the belt in the bin, yeah, yeah. if you remember. Mm-hmm. But Lennox was the challenger then. He didn't have the cards. He couldn't call him out, could he? Yeah. Bo told him to fuck off. The Mike Tyson thing at one point didn't happen because Tyson was the champion and Lennox was chasing him. As soon as Lennox became champ, let's get the Tyson let's fight on. Let's fucking do it, yeah. Let's go and make it happen. Yeah. You've got to take control of your own career at some point. You've got to say, listen, right? And AJ holds all the aces. Of course he does. Even he- though the other two stole all the headlines from 2018, AJ holds all the aces because he's got most of the belts yeah. and he's the only one that sells out 90,000 You're telling tickets. me that he can't, he can't sit, Eddie, just shush for a minute, right? Freddie, all his, t- all his team. Yeah. Lads, just be quiet for a minute. Get on the phone to Wilder. Right, what do you want? Tell yeah. me what you want to make this fight happen. He tells it. Now, nine times out of ten, he's, there's going to be a negotiation period there, isn't there? Yeah. You don't agree straight away. Say, right, okay, mate, you're a bit fucking deluded. This is the crack here now, right? We'll do a 60-40 split in my favour. We'll do it at Wembley Stadium. There'll be massive pay-per-views. You bring your belt, I'll bring my belt. Let's have it. Yeah. We'll sign up for a rematch clause maybe in the States. Yeah? Happy? Yeah. Everybody shakes hands. Right, let's do it. Exactly. Done. Piece of piss. It is a piece <clears throat> of piss. Go, it's a piece of piss. Go, Wembley, 60-40. And I tell you what. It's I, not a piece of piece because there's too many people involved. That's well, exactly. the reason. You go 60-40. This is AJ, 60-40 to me because it's in the UK and I'll sell out Wembley 60-40 to me, yeah? But we'll have a straight rematch straight away. We'll have a, Regardless of result, we'll have a rematch. And when we have a rematch, we'll do it in Las Vegas. And whoever's got all the belts, yeah. i.e. who won the first fight, Get 60-40 gets again. the 60-40 for the second time. So you, we're both guaranteed 60-40 initially. And you get if you win, you'll get the 60-40 second time. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah, yeah. And if, if I win... You're guaranteed another 40, which is the fucking more money you can get in anywhere else anyway. And another shot at the belts. Exactly. So it doesn't... It, it's not rocket science, but as you say, the problem is when you throw in all these cooks, yeah. it becomes impossible because the bureaucrats get involved and everybody wants their own fucking little slice. Exactly. What if you lose, though? Because then in 2020, the year that is, 
will you be getting a world title shot? Will I be getting a slice of my pie? Exactly. And all this type of stuff. Exactly. The deal I did with fucking LucasAid that pays us six million a year yeah. that I get 25% Relies on you off. being the champion. If you're not a champion, LucasAid might not want you anymore. Yeah, fuck fuck off. off. Get out the gym, you cunt. <laughs> Know what I mean? <laughs> Fucking come on, AJ, lad. Because, listen, this is the big debate now, because at the start, this time last year, at the start of the year, we were going, boss this, the heavyweight champion of the world is British, he's fucking ours, he's great. And now we end the year going, the British, the heavyweight champion of the world's ours, he's British and he's great. But actually, we think it's Tyson Fury now, it's not Anthony Joshua. Mm. There's more more fight fans are going, who's the best ever in the world? Well, fucking Tyson Fury, obviously. It's just schooled fucking Deontay Wilder, got up out f- off the floor in the most amazing circumstances, got robbed by the judges, but he's the number one. What? How can this fella you said was the number one not be the number one no more? He hasn't even fought. Well, in fact, he has fought. He's fought twice. Yeah. Beat an undefeated world champion, beat one of the most dangerous guys in the division, first person ever to stop him. How come he's not number one no more? Because he wasn't involved in this. He wasn't part of this. He yeah, wasn't yeah. the cherry on the cake. And AJ needs to fucking get back on top of the cake. The problem is, fighting D- Dillian White or Big Baby Miller out in New York does not put him back on top of the cake. He's still support and act compared to Wilder versus Fury mm. as we go into this new year. Mm. He needs to take control. He's the biggest fucking star in the sport. Out- outside of Canelo, he's the biggest attraction in boxing. And yet, right now, it feels like he's understudy. On fights that we, we want to happen this year, we were speaking on Saturday night about Josh Warrington's next steps. And uh, it's looking like it's going to be Kid Galahad as a mandatory for his IBF belt, which, yeah. I, which I'm a little bit upset about. Now, this is no disrespect to Kid Galahad. You know, yeah, you've had your troubles in the past and I've been quite vocal about those troubles, but you're here. You're the mandatory challenger. And for everybody in Yorkshire, it, you know, it's quite an attractive fight. The Battle of Yorkshire, you have Sheffield versus Leeds, you have a little bit of a ding-dong, don't you? But there's momentum with Josh Warrington right now. He's yeah. just beating Selby. He's just beating Frampton. Let's go to the States, man. Let's get out there and do Leo Santa Cruz. Let's go and do Gary Russell Jr. Take full advantage of the wave that he's riding right now. But sadly, it looks like he was uh, given an exemption, wasn't he, for the Frampton fight. And I don't think the IBF are going to give him another exemption. Oscar mm. Valdez in a unification or something like that. That'd be mega. Yeah. You know, going back to... Going back home, seen against Kid Galahad seems a little bit of a come down from the things that he's just had. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Completely agree. I feel like Leeds United have just beat Barcelona and Real Madrid and they're waiting for the Champions League final. But actually, before you go there, you've got a semi-final against Sheffield Wednesday in the FA Cup. It's, do you know what I mean? It feels like that kind of a backward step for mm. them. Just because 2018, from a British fight perspective, yes, Callum Smith was mesmerised against George Groves, but we touched on it at the end of the year. 2018 belonged to Josh Warrington, no as question. far as the British boxing ring's concerned. The kid was absolutely sensational. Shut everybody up, every critic up, twice with two absolutely dominant performances. And it was an absolute pleasure to be around as well. He's a breath of fresh air for the Top sport. Lad, isn't it? I love being around him. He's great company. He's got good crack. Um... And he's a superstar, and he's got the fan base to fucking take over America. Can't wait. You know, I was saying after he beat Warrington, I was like, I cannot wait to go to New York. Hang on, right? You are, this is another thing that I wanted to bring up. People will have seen this on social media. Yeah, you were ringside for that fight where Warrington dominated and came through against uh, Frampton. Mm-hmm. Within five minutes of that fight ending, you were in a fucking Leeds United scarf, <laughs> singing Leeds United songs. <laughs> Who are you? And you call me a glory hunter. <laughs> To be fair, that scarf fucking literally landed on top of me. Uh, literally oh, landed yeah, on my lap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone, someone from the crowd threw it from behind, and uh, 
I thought I'll have a little Instagram post about that in a minute because uh, Warrington was sensational. You know, it was uh, it wasn't I wasn't supporting Leeds United. I was supporting I was supporting, oh, the, I was supporting yeah. the Leeds Warrior. Right. That's what I was doing. All right, all right. And, and and in that moment, I was like, it reminded me. It, it was quite apt that it was in the Manchester Arena because it reminded me of the of those Ricky Hatton Costa two nights of the big nights with Ricky Hatton where he was just fucking amazing, and you felt like you were part of something, and then. To be able to go to the US and watch Ricky against Mayweather and against Pacquiao and travel with all the Ricky Hatton fans and all that. And you, they were some of the fucking best times of my life as a, as a fight sports, sports journalist on the road. So I got a feel, you, you get that sensation back. Exactly you're thinking, fuck yeah, we're going. Like we're go- Me and the Leeds fans, we're fucking going. <laughs> we're going back to New York. We're going back to Vegas. I can't wait. So that was the exciting thing. And to now get the Kid Galahad news. And again, I'm, I'm like you, man. Kid Galahad is had to come back from some bullshit and he's, and he's proved himself. He's undefeated and the kid deserves a world title fight. I just wish it wasn't this world title fight because... Yeah. And now. Yeah, because, you know, I'd love to see Josh take on a, a Santa Cruz or a Russell Jr. or something next. Or even a Valdez, whatever, man. Just exactly, do it. man. Just, just someone transatlantic just to fucking take him to the next level. Mm. How good was Liam Williams, by the way, on that undercard? Sensational. Absolutely sensational. Should have moved up to middleweight years ago. He certainly looked that way, didn't he? Absolutely unbelievable. I, I didn't know he, I didn't know he could. He, he had that kind of fifth gear in him. You know, Sam. We saw him against Liam Smith on a couple of occasions, and we thought, all right, you've hit your level now. Yeah, but then, but then again, Liam Smith's a multiple-time world title contender, so Mark Heffron fucking is not mm. yet anywhere near that level. So I, I, I didn't, you know, I expected Liam Williams to be better than Heffron. At boxing, but expected Heffern's size and power to be the deciding factor. Yeah. But instead, you know, because I knew he was class because he did push former world champion Liam Smith hard, you know, and I thought, fucking hell, he's good. But what I didn't expect was the boxing lesson to go from round one to fucking the stoppage when it came in round 10. Yeah. Absolutely destroyed Heffern. Won every round. Ab- didn't just win every round. He pissed it. Yeah. Absolutely pissed the yeah, fight. Yeah. Heffern had zero answer for Williams's array of shots. His footwork was incredible. His power. He was hating Heffern with with every combination. I was so impressed with Liam Williams. And but he's adamant he's going back down to mm. eleven stone. He shouldn't. No, I think after a performance like that, you've got to at least push on at middleweight and see whether it might just be your optimal. Just because you can make eleven stone doesn't necessarily mean you should. Mm. Um. Josh Warrington obviously steals the headlines with probably the performance of the night. You'll get knockout of the night off yep. uh, of, uh, of Dillian White. Yeah. Um, but let's not overlook Charlie Edwards and his magnificent effort against uh, Christopher Rosales to become the WBC flyweight champion. I thought that we were ending the year with four uh, British world champions. We're not. We're ending it with five. Fantastic performance for him. He didn't just win. He won with an absolute shutout. It was sensational. We said in the build-up to it, he had to be aware of that power because we saw that power against Paddy Barnes. Mm-hmm. And he did. He was brilliant. Pop, 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 out the back door, constant. The engine on the kid for 12 rounds was outstanding, wasn't it? Unreal. Unreal. I don't know whether it was because their kid performed out of his skin the week yeah, yeah. before, young Sonny, yeah, yeah. and looked amazing, put the pressure on the older brother. I think it is the older brother, yeah, isn't yeah. Charlie? Yeah. Put the pressure on the older brother to kind of do the same. But I, I feared for Edwards just because Rosales you looked thought so him destructive at, against some Paddy point Barnes. You thought he's going to catch him at some yeah. point. And just, you know, you, you rate Paddy Barnes. If Paddy Barnes fights Edwards, you think you, you'd probably have gone with Paddy Barnes six months ago just because of his amateur pedigree and everything else, being a little bit too experienced, a little bit long in the tooth. But so when Rosales done, does a number on Paddy Barnes, you think, okay, well, well Edwards is probably going to be fitter than Paddy Barnes and a little bit less uh, shot worn. However, has he got the array of skills? And Rosales, after a win like that, 
over this side of the Atlantic anyway. Mm. He must have come back thinking, fucking easy money, these Brits getting paid a fortune over here against these British and Irish fighters, defending me world title. This is how I'm going to build a good life for myself, making money over here. And uh, you, you take a look at Charlie Edwards, like Sonny, and you think, someone's matched me with a fucking N- NACYP semi-finalist here, this young schoolboy, where's he come from? But Edwards, oh my God, it was just unbelievable performance. Yeah. You know, he fucking... And, and to put the cherry on top of it... The, lost the, a couple of rounds at best, two yeah. or three rounds. I but, thought he was brilliant. And the story off the back of it. This is why yeah. we do what we do. Of course. To be able to speak to lads like we... Again, we spoke to him on Saturday night, and just him talking about his mum and the support that his mum's given him and obviously what she's going through at this moment in time for for him to take that on for Christmas, the green and gold and dump that on the old mantelpiece and say, there you go, thanks for believing in me. Absolutely outstanding. Well done, Charlie. Looking forward to seeing him do his thing in, uh, in 2019. And Before we move on from that card, and I'm not bringing this up because you're... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You want, I knew you wanted to bring Bellotti up. Go on, <laughs> do it. Get it out of your system. I'm not going to have a go at Bellotti. Or the fact that you chose Bellotti and he's, you know, the kid can't fucking string the win together since the jinx, the cat at all jinx. It's nothing to do with the cat roll jinx. What it is, is because he got bingoed and he's lost his confidence is what it yeah, is. He's shot a bit. Uh, uh, confidence has shot a bit. It's, <laughs> no, his confidence, his confidence has shot he's a bit. He's a kid. I know. He's nice. fucking 28. He's a kid compared to me and you, mate. Well, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. Um, I thought Ryan Walsh was great on the night, but I think Bellotti just, <clears> you know, given the fight. But that's not what I want to talk about. You know, Reese has got to go away and he's got to come back this year. Uh, that's down to him. But what I do want to talk about is the split decision. It's bullshit. On that card. I can't even give that to Bellotti. And I'm his man. fucking outrageous, that split decision. Ryan Walsh, I'm, I'm surprised he didn't fucking scream the place down because he was magnificent. And, you know, I often have... Teddy O'Connor was was on was one of the judges here, and, you know, people know how I feel about Teddy O'Connor, the referee. But at least he had it right. You know, we had Walsh winning by four rounds, as did John Latham. But Ian John Lewis, once again, and let's, let's fucking call it for what it is, Ian John Lewis is a twat. <laughs> whenever, he, whenever he judges fighters who are from his neck of the woods, from, like, right where he lives, fucking around that London area where he's actually from... He always sides with them, regardless. And yeah, I'm calling you out, Ian John Lewis. We're not fucking daft. We see you, son. We see you with your hometown decisions, you gobshite. This was two British lads going for the British title. You've got to be fair, you fucking absolute cunt. What an <laughs> arsehole of a decision that was. To have it by Bellotti by three rounds, that's fucking embarrassing. It embarrassing. Is. He wants to have a quiet word on himself. You Next right. time I see him, I'll fucking mention something to Ian John Lewis because it's getting outrageous now. People are fucking watching you. We're watching you, Ian John Lewis. The fight disciples, your cards are marked. Judge fights fairly, you asshole. I would like to distance myself uh, from that because I work for other media outlets that Ian John Lewis might be involved with. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was ridiculous. I can't even call that. It was silly, blind. obviously. I'm getting carried away, but it, it, it's just silly. You know, he knows better, Ian John Lewis. He knows that he should know better, mm. but. You know, a lad from Kent, you're from Kent, all I can... Listen, we see what you're doing. Just stop it, please. I'll tell you what else should stop. ITV box office. <sighs> we're here. I brought you here. 38 minutes into the podcast, son, and bang, we're here. Stop trying to tow me into rants. We, we, uh, we said pre-Christmas, right? We know it's coming. Al Heyman and PBC are coming to the UK. They're teaming up with ITV. We're excited about it yeah. because ITV, yeah, you've been involved with boxing. Yeah, you've fucked it up on many, many occasions. Look what you're doing with World Boxing Super Series. We've no idea what's going on, right? Yes, putting on ridiculous fights on, on box office. Callum Smith against a kickboxer that nobody's ever heard of. Come on, calm down, chill. 
but Al Heyman's here now. Al Heyman knows the score. They're yeah. gonna have a lovely partnership. We're gonna we're gonna do it. This is how this is how they're gonna roll. ITV four undercards. Primetime Saturday night, ITV, Eubank versus the Gale. Oh my days, the good times you know are what? rolling. They teased us first as well because they went Pacquiao Brona, ITV four boys, there you go, you can have that. Have a test. And we've gone, oh, 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 oh. They're doing it. They're, They're doing, doing it. it. They're doing exactly what we want. This is what we want. The transatlantic ones on ITV four, the home fights, undercard ITV four, main event ITV one. We're getting it. But then they go and make the announcements. February twenty third, O two Arena. Um, De Gea will be going at it. Chris Eubank Jr. Great fight. Great fight. Happy yeah. with the fight. Great fight. Really interested in the fight. Can't it's wait. what it is, fight, but it's a great fight. Can't wait. Can't wait. But it's not. Well, the profiles of both these guys, right? So let's talk about the personality of Chris Eubank Jr. He has a massive following. You could probably argue that he's a, a box office fighter mm. because he's a celeb. De Gea, gold medalist, former, well, multiple-time world champion, you could probably argue that he's a box office fighter. I wouldn't personally, but you could argue that these two guys hold profile enough to be box office fighters. That's the, Gale's, not... the Gale's never been a ticket seller. Right. Ever. But but that's not what I'm arguing against. I'm arguing against the missing of an opportunity mm-hmm. for ITV to say, right, stick your sky up your ass, stick your BT up your ass, we're the boys, yeah. and we're going to give you this for free because we love you. Because yeah. we want to grow this sport. I want the geezer that's watching Britain's Got Talent on a Saturday night to stay with me. Yeah. We're not going to go to the news at 10 o'clock. We're going to go to the boxing main event. The casual sports fan that might just be waiting for match of the day. But we're going to keep your attention during match of the day because we've got a fucking great fight on here. Yeah. Come and have a little bit of a watch of this. Watch then all of a sudden... Watch Liverpool put four in then come straight back to the boxing. And then all of a sudden, right, you're thinking to yourself, just you know I kind of like boxing. Yeah, yeah. Boxing's all right. Of course. Oh, When's the next one on? Oh, next one's on next week. Right, I'll have a little bit of a watch of that. Then all of a sudden, you're finding yourself buying a ticket to go to a fucking event. Yep. Guess what? The sport's growing. We're getting more events. Everybody's getting giddy. There's more money being invested into the boxing. Therefore, the amateur starts to even get even better. We're getting more gold medals at the Olympics. That's how the game works. Grow the sport. But they decided not to do that. They decided to cash in. Probably charges, what, 10 to 15 quid for a fight. For the Matalan belt, the IBO belt, that's on there, sunshine. It's not a belt, is it? It, it, it ceased, you know, it struggled to be recognised as a belt anyway, but it ceased all being when George Groves won it and put it straight in the bin. Didn't pay the sanction fee. Did, Janet Hurd did the same thing. Refused to pay the sanction fee, so it became vacant. And now Eubank versus the Gale are fighting for it. It means nothing. It's a useless trinket that was given away. Mm. So The fight itself's a great fight yeah, because it is a kind of a loser. That top, that's it. It's, you lose this fight, where'd you go? Yeah. I think you lose this fight, Eubank can come back from it. But I think I think De Gale knows if he, if he loses to Chris Eubank Jr., he retires on the spot. He knows that. He knows that. So that's what makes it so interesting. What's Eubank? How good is Eubank? Well, Naz had a good go at him, but look at his resume. It's not actually that bad. What's the Gale got left? Former multiple-time world champion, gold medalist. His legacies are short, but what's he got left? That's what makes it an intriguing fight. But nobody's going to watch it. Because they've put it on pay-per-view. Only people the boxing stream it. Listen, the people listen to this, you're boxing fans. I'm assuming you're a boxing fan that you're yeah. coming at this for a little bit of a crack and you want a little bit of boxing chat. I get that. You're going to watch it. You'll Probably. find a way to watch it. You'll either get a ticket for it or you'll pay for the pay-per-view or you'll do something dodgy, right? I get mm-hmm. that. I'm talking about the geezer that doesn't listen to this show. I'm talking about the geezer that we want what? to come to listen to this show. The fuck doesn't listen to well, this show? Well, your wife, right? We want them to come in yeah. because what? they've seen it on a Saturday night. That's true. If it was on ITV1, she'd probably watch it. There you go. That's what I'm talking, man. We need yeah. to up, up the female listenership to this show. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it's just not a great... When they announced Mayweather pa- Broner, uh, Mac- Pac-Man Broner, I was like, yes, boys, yes. 
and now they've reverted to type. And now I'm like, I'm just not looking for... I just thought they were going to do it different. They were going to do something different. I thought might have had a new look, new feel. No. New... Presenting team. teams. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fucking hell. If only there was two sharp, good-looking... Well, one. One good-looking, <laughs> one slightly balding fella from Stockport. Oh, I'm talking about me being the good-looking lad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're killing me. Um, you know, fucking top-class presenters in waiting out there, TV-friendly. If only there was. TV-friendly. <laughs> There's a reason why we're on podcast, mate. <laughs> But yeah. but instead, you know, no doubt the same old the same old uh, former football commentators and whatever will be wheeled out by ATV to cover boxing and whatever else mm-hmm. it may be. But anyway, it is what as it is. As long as Naz is on, I'm paying. As long as Naz is on, we're paying. That's it. Damn right. Mm. Damn right. Uh, we're going to finish the show talking about Amir Khan, is what we're going to uh, finish the show talking about, because a lot of people are going crazy for this Amir Khan news. Amir Khan, as we told you before Christmas, was presented with the opportunity to fight Terence Crawford. Terence Crawford and his team of top rank. We guaranteed him $5 million, a shot of the world title, a date at Madison Square Garden in April. Or you can go and fight Kel Brook. What do you choose? The obvious choice, right? Get this shit out of your head. That Amir Khan's a shithouse and that he's ducking Kel Brook. Get this out of your head. You take the Terence Crawford fight every single day of the week. Mm-hmm. I don't get anybody giving him abuse at this moment in time. The Kel Brook fight's not gone anywhere. It's not going anywhere. I personally don't think that we're ever going to see it. No. But it's not gone anywhere. Amir Khan is making a great decision. Go and fight Terence Crawford. You might, well, you probably will get bingo. But you can come back from that. You can't come back from a defeat against Kel Brook. He might not get beat against Kel Brook. But then again, he might. And if he does, there's no Terence Crawford fight. There's no shot at a world title again. Nope. There's no Manny Pacquiao knock. Nope. There's none of that. It's a, it's it's a over. If he gets beat off Kelbrook, it's over. He yep. knows that. We know that. So why would people why would why are people giving him shit for it? Mm-hmm. His legacy is assured. Yep. He doesn't need Kelbrook to cement a legacy. Mm-hmm. He's got the fame. He's got the money. He doesn't need. Everyone's like, yeah, but he can get eight million dollars by fighting Kelbrook. He he's only getting fuck. he's only getting five million dollars by fighting Terence Crawford. Potato potato, mate. Exactly. It's like, well, if he gets $5 million there, and then, okay, maybe the Kell Brook's less attractive, so instead of getting eight, he only gets $5 million for the Kell Brook fight at the end of the year. Still up. It's still fucking there. He's still up. He's still $2 million up. And he's had the chance to fight Tens Crawford. What if he What if he fucking catches Tens Crawford? What if he catches fucking... What, know, what if? What if? No. He's dealing to be great. What yeah, if? All right, all right. What all if? Right. What if he gets a window with Tennis Crawford? That becomes the biggest win of his career. Then where do we rank him? Right now, from... Post-war, we're talking about this on Saturday. Post-war, he's probably in most people's top ten of the best British boxers see, of all. Of- no, I don't think he is, but he should be. That's yeah. the argument. No, There's but, people that... Mean, are- I don't think he is, but he should be. It, it's your fucking list. It's what? our list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a list in my head. It's yeah, a list but you in your just, head. Yeah, but you just said most people's. There's people listening to this now that are throwing shit on Amir Khan thinking that he's a shithouse. That, he, that they only remember him for getting chinned off people like Canelo and Danny Garcia two, and all that Two type weights stuff. above. Yeah, but the Danny Garcia Danny, was legit. Danny Garcia is the only really legitimate fucking... Defeat. Defeat. Knockout. You know, obviously... Brady's Prescott. Lost four. Caught, called against Breeders Prescott. Robbed against Peterson, really. Massively robbed. Canelo, two, two weights above his weight class. Yeah. And uh, Garcia. Garcia's the only legit one on there, really. When he took he, a bit of a beating. And every he, other time, he gets... Yeah, listen. He gets dropped. Great. He gets up and wins. What the fuck? What more do you want? He's, the, he's won it... 
He's definitely one of the most entertaining, active fighters, yeah. British fighters right now, without a shadow of a doubt. Probably one of the most entertaining fighters on the planet. Mm. Hence the reason why Terence Crawford wants to fight him and he gets the fights against all the big names because American market wants to see him. He's a superstar in America because he's in fucking super entertaining fights. When was the last time you watched Amir Khan fight, man? Shit, shit this. Boring this. I'm going to go and put the kettle on. Never. Never. You fucking never because ever do you that know, with Amir Khan. You know, right? It, no he's matter. one shot away from hitting the floor. That's it. Or he's... He's putting on a He's a second away from throwing 200 fucking punches in succession. Yeah, I know. Do you know what I mean? So that's... What more do you want? What more do you want? Is it because he's fucking... I don't know. Because of where he's from? Because he's a Muslim? Whatever it is. Then that's your problem. Mm. But all I see is the fact that he's fucking missed an entertainment when it comes to boxing. He may not have the best... You know, the, a personality that people can relate to as much as, say, a Josh Warrington or whatever. Or the, the Edwards boys that we spoke to the weekend. But that's fucking not Amir's fault. We've interviewed Dame. He's it's been on this lad. show. He's fucking sound. It's a good lad. Welcomes us into his gym all the time. He's a diamond. Mm. But I, I just don't get it. I don't get why there's such fierce hatred for Amir Khan. What the fuck has he done wrong? But then Pricey gets a bit of hatred like that because he gets because he's been knocked out. Do you know what I mean? Quite a lot. Yeah. I mean, he hasn't even been knocked out quite a lot. <laughs> this is the mad thing. His entire record. He's fucking been knocked out three times. It's mental. It's mental. And he's beaten some of the very, oh, very best. Honest. It's fucking unreal. His resume is absolutely unreal. And as I say, financially, done. Fame, done. What's left for him to do except oh, hang dare on. to be great hang and on. become Someone's given me a world title shot right out of the blue. Fucking sound. Against a guy who's most people pound rank for pound. three, four, pound for pound on the planet. Easy. Absolutely. Let's do it. Or I can fight Kel Brook in a... Lose this, my career's over. Yeah. Not only lose this, my career's over. Lose this, and I'll be every British I'll fan be will remember me for losing, losing against Kel Brook. <clears throat> What's the fucking point? May as well go and lose to Terence Crawford. And people go, well, yeah, we expected that. Losing to Kel Brook, it's like, well, there you go. Kel Brook was always the better fighter. He just, it was just Amir had the opportunities. So suddenly Amir's achievements and legacy then becomes part of Kel Brook's yeah, legacy. Yeah. He doesn't need that shit. That fight's not happening. No. Nope. The Kel Brook... Amir Khan fight is never happening. Nope. And you know what? Let's flip it, flip the coin now. Kel, move on, son. Move on. Move on. In fact, let's do let's play that out now. Bring ding. Ring ring. Hello, Babby. Kel. Yes. It's the fight disciples, kid. How you doing, kid? You alright? Listen, son. I'm gonna t- I'm gonna speak some cold ass to see you right now. Go ahead. The Amir fight's not happening, boy. You need to move on, son. You need to move on. Let it go, Kel. No, let it go, Kel. We, we, we're talking about Kardashian told me. He got him ring and everything. He said that he wants some of the chocolate brownies. I've been putting fucking sugar on them for the last two years, mate. I'm ready to go, son. He's fighting Tub Crawford, mate. You need to move on. It's finished. Listen. Who's Tub Crawford? On. I thought his crack name on. was Bud Crawford. <laughs> Who's he? Is, he, is he some his, fucking... He's his brother. <laughs> <laughs> is he some tribute act? Who's he fighting? Who's, who's this guy? Listen, I'm ready to go, mate. He's delicate round whiskers. He's promised fans. He's promised me. I bought three new houses in Marbella. Come on. I'm ready to go, son. Eddie, have you heard this? He's fighting some guy called Tub Crawford. I've never even fucking heard of him. What's got? Who is he? Buds. Buds. I drink a lot of bud when I'm out in Marbella. Come on. Kardashian, you want some of this? I want some. <laughs> Are you still there? Who's that? Who is it? Fight disciples. Come on, get this sorted, lads. <laughs> it's over, son. It's not happening. It's not happening.
Bloody hell, that means I'm going to have to go and get banged out of bloody Jarrett Heard, aren't I? (laughs) (laughs) Fucking hell. Eddie! Eddie! Get me Eddie's number! (laughs) That's basically how that conversation's going to go. Yeah, pretty much. Anyway. Ah, <sighs> oh, nice to start a new year with a bit of uh, with an exclusive with Kel Brook. Bit of Kel. Mm-hmm. They, uh, listen, I'm not throwing shade on Kel. Kel, absolutely not. But he's just in fear of becoming today's version of Junior. Don't Witter. do that. Don't because listen. Junior Witter will forever, ever for the rest of his life. Whenever he walks into a bar, gym, barber shop, yeah. people will go. Oh, you never got to fight Ricky Atten, did you? Yeah. And regardless of what he achieved as a world champion in his own right, yeah. And Kel is becoming that guy. Don't do that. Don't do it. Do not do it. Get on the Jarrett Erd train, man. Listen, right. it's Go a tough it, fight. Dare to be great. Yeah, it's a tough fight. Yeah. You know, it's stacked against you, but fuck it. Let's get amongst it. Exactly. If Jarrett Erd wants it, and he said that he did want it, get the fight on. Yeah. Forget, the, forget the Amir Khan thing. Fuck Amir Khan. Forget it. Move on. Um, And that's where we're at. April 20th, by the way, Madison Square Garden. Are we going? So oh, go we're wa- going. Go and watch Crawford. Oh, we're going, son. We're going. <laughs> We're going. <laughs> Listen, and just on the Kel thing as well, don't forget, Jason Wellborn, give it a good old go. If Jarrett's head starts like that against Kel Brook, you never know. You never know. Mm. Yeah, but we are going, yeah, yeah. Flights are booked, not yet, but we're, we're going. I wanted to go this weekend, to be honest. I fancied going to uh, Shreveport, the Stageworks in Shreveport. Oh, your boy's, your boy's fighting this weekend, isn't he? Yeah, yeah boy. So at the start of every year, as you know, myself and uh, Mr. Cattrall here choose our ones to watch prospects of the year, call mm. them what you will. Um, this year, we've both gone house of scouts for our UK prospect, obviously, Anthony Fowler for myself, probably in the year's European champion. Craig Glover, mate. And Craig Glover, the cruiserweight for uh, young Mr. Cattrall. Uh, but internationally, we've gone, and we, it's funny how we do this, isn't it? Same weight. Same weight division. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, you know, we, we had Bellotti, Jordan Gill, uh, speaks for itself. Uh, Catterall Davis Jr. speaks for itself. Okay, okay. Well, this is the year three now. All right, go on. And we've both gone for a lightweight, obviously. Uh, Yours is fighting this weekend. Mine fights this weekend, yeah, of course. 20 and 0, 20 year old Devin Haney. Remi- you know what? Reminds me a lot of Jordan Gill in terms of I backed Jordan Gill and he'd had about 16, 20, you know, he'd had almost 20 fights anyway, mm. even though he was such a young lad. He's small been hall stuff small now, yeah. hall stuff, and then he suddenly, he's, you know, he's get this opportunity on Matchroom, and once he got there, he, he was like a wallflower, he just blossomed. And Devin Haney's a little bit the same, obviously he's got a big reputation for America, America from amateur experience, but he's ran up a 20-0 record, pretty much, you know, built in Mexico because he turned pro when he was about fucking 16. Um, but he's at a, he's now at that stage where he's about to break onto the world scene. Fights this weekend uh, against an African kid who's 25 and now undefeated out in Shreveport. I don't even know where Shreveport is. Mm. No? No. No idea. But anyway, I'm business. hoping. I'm hoping. It's on get... Box Nation, by the oh, way. Oh, it's on Box Nation? It's on Box Nation. Fuck yeah, get in. <laughs> Big Frank. Delivering, mm. love it. So Devin Haney at my one to watch for 2019 fights this weekend. Please, if you're not staying up, set your record button because you'll see why I've chose this kid. Listen, absolutely you ain't winning fucking this year. You're not winning mustard. This year. Do you know why you're mustard. not winning this year? Because I chose Tiafimo Lopez. Everybody's buzzing for Tiafimo Lopez. Even his mum follows the fight. I know, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, seen it. Mrs. Lopez, it. welcome to the show. I know. Did you see Devon came back as well? I went, ain't no prospect. I was like, all right, son, fucking hell, you're 20, calm down. Yeah. All right, lad. Oh, yeah. Somebody's Jesus. Been, somebody's been hanging out with Floyd. Exactly. See, your yeah. lad's a dick. My, listen, I'm in with family. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. In with his mum. But it's on anyway. It's on Standard. like Donkey Kong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's on like Donkey Kong. Devin Haney this weekend. Don't miss him. There you go. 
Uh, thank you very much for listening to the first one back of 2019. We've missed you, just like you've missed us. Well, hopefully you've missed us anyway. Um, we will uh, be back next week as we preview a bit of Manny Pacquiao versus Adrian Broner. Will Broner turn up? Will he turn up on weight? Probably not, but we'll get all uh, stuck into that uh, all next week. You can subscribe to this via iTunes. You can get us uh, your Android feeds via our website, fightdisciples.com. Uh, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.